WEEI Football Sunday. Into the final half hour before kickoff, Patriots and the Colts kick it off at 9.30 over in Germany. We've got you here for a little bit more. Three picks and a prop coming up. Maybe we'll touch on a game or two in week 10 of the NFL before we're out of here. But joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline is our friend Christian Fourier. He is proudly presented by VA New England Healthcare. Are you a veteran? VA New England Healthcare provides state-of-the-art healthcare benefits to those who served our country. Call 844-VA-CARES and learn more about the benefits you earn and deserve. Call 844-VA-CARES. Fourier, good morning, friend. How are you? Oh, good morning, everybody. How is everybody doing today? Uh, oh, yeah. Man, it's a uh, quick, <laughs> quick turnaround. Quick turnaround for this one. And uh, uh, what do you think about the game? We've well, hardly talked well, about it all uh, week, but how about the actual game itself? I came down to one conclusion, like that. Just the one, the one thing that stood out to me the most. Was I was obviously you know obviously thinking about the offense. I always lean towards offense. I think everybody does. Um, their best offensive football player is who? Question to the group: Who do you think their best offensive football player is? Hunter Henry. Yeah, you got a Hunter Henry vote. I mean, you got, you, you got Hunter Hunter Henry, the tight end. Okay, I, is that your pick, Gresh? Nah, I. Stevenson had a good game last week, but I don't know. I mean, he's probably, had a bad year. Probably, if you're just going by individual player, you said weapon, right? No, I said football player. Oh, I'll, I'll, you know what? On Wenu. It, <laughs> I mean, oh no, wait, Farrell Brown. Yeah, Farrell Brown. Probably, pound for pound. probably yeah. on Wenu. Yeah, like that's that's where yeah. we're at. No, I I I think it's for Andre Stevenson. I I think he is their best option for everything. I think the offense needs to run through him, and I don't think it has. And maybe last week was an outlier. I don't know. But it's hard for the offense to run through Hunter Henry when he gets four targets a game. He's a great, uh, nice player, uh, but he's just not talented enough to carry the offense. Ramondre Stevenson can carry the offense. And I just feel like that needs to be the focal point. Like the receivers are marginal at best or young and, you know, and, and sometimes like, uh, you know, have no real history of doing anything. The offensive line, it is what it is. The quarterback is what it is. And But Stevenson is the best football player you have on your roster. So, I don't know. When I think about that, I'm like, man, I hope they feature him a lot. I hope they find ways to get him open. I hope they scheme plays for him just to get him in the open field. And, um, you know, we'll see what they can do defensively. But um, because, like, we were even talking about, Gresh, like, just looking at this game, it wasn't something that, I don't think I really dug deep. I didn't really, this is the only team out there whole year. I never, I didn't really dig deep in and maybe I, I think I'm doing it out of spite. <laughs> well, spite's a good reason to do anything for you. I think um, the, uh, the, the locker room clearly is uh, got some fractures in it. I would say right now, some guys not making the trip um, guys being told to stay home and wait until after the bye week and JC Jackson guys that were given sort of second chances from this, uh, from this organization. What what can kind of happen on a trip like this? Uh, you know, spending all this time together is there a chance that this galvanizes the team and that as oh, uh, as, as Robert Kraft said, is it is it a way to maybe uh, reset things? Yeah, I heard that. That was interesting. Um, well, Gresh was on this last week. I think everyone kind of understood where the Kraft thought, where where their heads were at when uh, when Gresh did the whole lip reading thing last right. week. So I don't know, if, like the galvanize 
something like is a word that I was I haven't actually heard a lot, but that's usually what people say. And you see it in hockey a lot. Teams take these road trips, you know, sometimes in baseball and you know, they talk about how, you know, the coach does something special. They put them all on a bus or take them somewhere and they do the whole kumbaya thing and they all suddenly like each other. I don't think it's an issue of the players not liking each other or not being, you know, uh, committed to the same goal. I just don't think they're any good. So, and I don't think there's any animosity. I do think there's there are players who are um, holding a grudge and feel like they're being used wrong and maybe feel like, you know, they're, they've been, you know, let down. But, um, you know, the, the fracturing of the locker room will happen with a couple guys and then they'll bleed into the next group. But ultimately, everybody knows they're not playing for anything. No, they're not playing for anything. So your willingness to take a vicious hit, I think, gets massively decreased. I think so. It, 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 hey, I'm on the border. I'm on the bubble right now. I'm a vet. I don't, listen, I'm in no hurry to come back. I got a two years left on my contract. I'm fine. You know what? I think that's the problem. I think it's going to be hard for them to have this really turmoil internally, but you'll see it manifest itself out in the field, and you'll know who cares and who doesn't. Well, what is the fine line, Christian, of, uh, as you described it, I think, during the week, veterans going into business for themselves, taking care of their body, making sure they can get another year, not sort of risking it whenever they're playing on a team with a, a losing record, versus Bill Belichick kind of wanting maybe some of those guys to sit, but realizing that he needs some of them out there. Kind of, Is there a fine line that even Bill can walk and sort of balancing all of that and making it either work for him, whatever the objective is, whether it's quiet tanking, losing, or Bill just going out there being defiant, trying to win as many games as he can. Yeah, I think out of all the coaches, like he's the one guy where like I, I don't mean if he would probably be so insulted by the whole idea of tanking or you know or any sort of he's going to try and win every single game, and I think it'd be easy for him to root out the guys and identify the guys that are like ah you know what business decision not ready you know he's done it too long he's done it too long and. Um, but I just feel like, you know, and, and I heard Kraft too. It's like, yeah, hey, we've 30 years. We've never been two and seven. Huh? I know what that's like. I mean, it's so funny. Like I always laughed about people here in new England. They've just won at everything. They have no idea what it's like to suffer. Well, I guess they do before they, the whole 2001 situation. Uh, I guess was, you talk about bad here, Christian. It was bad. You talk to those. I know, but it's been 30 years. I mean, come on. Like, even when he first, I mean, they even went to it. So they don't really know what it's like to suffer. I don't think so. At least kids under, what, 30 years old? They have no yeah. clue what it's like. My, my oh, kid, to, my, and, and the players don't know. Yeah, my oldest is 22. He was born in 02. He has seen six Super Bowls, been to like four of them, and has no concept as to what it's like to root for a team that is just even average. He never had to play with the Patriots and Tech Mobile where they were the worst team in the whole game and you couldn't beat anybody with Well, them. Bo Jackson killed everyone in Tech Mobile. <laughs> I really think Bo I really think Tech Mobile was just built for Bo Jackson. Yeah, it was. Or Tech Mobile Super Bowl, I guess, in uh, in that case. Um Foye, uh Mac Jones, I mean there's been a lot of talk about Bill Belichick and, and his status and all of that. Is the status of Mac Jones maybe something that could be part of this reset if he has a bad game could he be playing for his job today here's the problem um who like if, if he's playing for his job um 
I don't think he can lose his job under any circumstances. I, I, I don't. I don't think that they look at Zappi or Malik Cunningham as viable options. If they did, if they, then they would have. The only reason why Zappi played because Mac got hurt, caught fire. Patricia was kind of had that was his pet cat, so he wanted to see him thrive. And then it all the wheels fall, fell off of that one quickly in the second half of the Chicago game against the Bears. So I don't think he can lose his job. Period. Like period. Because whatever they do after him is just going to get worse or they're just going to hand the ball off and they can't do anything. So this is his job till the end of the season. At the end of the season, though, I 100% believe they bring in, bring in another person. I think they bring in an older vet, an older player, and it's that vet's job to lose. And they don't even think about Mac Jones becoming the star because I think they're probably over him. You know, they probably understand what his limitations are. They kind of understand that he's maybe he's not as good as they hoped he could be, especially after that first year. So I think I've seen enough. I don't think Mac is a terrible quarterback. I think he's just he's a good he's a good quarterback in the NFL. He'll probably play 15 to 17 years because he'll end up being a backup and he'll get paid five million dollars a year to be a backup because you can throw a guy like that in just like Brian Hoare, Hoyer. He'll win you a couple games. <laughs> He'll, he'll win you a couple games, and that'll be it. That's If I'm Mac Jones, I'm hoping for Brian Hoyer's career. Yeah, I mean, you make, what, $45 million and right off into the sunset. It's funny, we were just talking about Garner Minshew because he's on the other side today for uh, Indianapolis, and it looks like he's going to be one of those guys who understands the role of the backup quarterback, and now they got to play him. Uh, what is the role of the backup quarterback? Like, in terms of a guy like Garner Minshew here, uh, what makes him so appealing? I think guys like Garner Minshew, uh, and I've dealt with these guys, like John Kitna was a Garner Minshew. Uh, You know, locker room loved him, um, wasn't highly drafted, uh, you know, has a kooky personality, uh, and people just like him. And they, and they, they hope that he's successful, and he's got a lot of energy when he comes into, into the huddle, so players are like, well, this is different. This is great. I can rally behind this. And then he, and then he makes one big play. The team wins. You're like, this is our guy. And then you realize that it's just not sustainable. Like he, he can roll in there and, you know, and just give you a, a spark for one or two games, but that's really all he can do because then the defenses realize, okay, this guy is easier than we thought. He can't throw here. He can't do this. He can't move in the pocket. He can't, you know what I mean? So you start game planning, against him specifically, and then he gets exposed. But uh, one-off situation, two-off situation here, he keeps you from drowning. He, you know, it's not a lot. It's not the volume of plays and the circumstances isn't a lot for him. He doesn't freak out by it. But as a full-time starter on, like, a four-year deal for, like, you know, $60 million, I don't think anyone's paying him that. No, I wouldn't think so either. Uh, Fourier, you were part of it, so maybe you're uh, too close to give an objective answer here. But in terms of histori- of uh, NFL history, where would you put the Patriots-Colts rivalry of the 2000s in terms of all-time NFL rivalries? Where would you put it? Well, it's it's up there, isn't it? I mean, two of the uh, the best quarterbacks ever to do it, constantly battling back and forth. Um Man, well, give me another one. Give me another quarterback-quarterback rivalry. I guess you would go Aikman and Young, maybe Montana and any other AFC Boomer Sison. I don't know of another quarterback-quarterback that matched up against each other as often as those guys did because there was also always a regular season matchup. Mm-hmm. 
sometimes like, uh, you know, Hey, uh, even after the Patriots, uh, we would play them after it was be like the first game of the season type matchup. Kelly Marino in the nineties wasn't bad. You know, Bill's dolphins. That wasn't a bad one. Yeah. I mean, but think how far back you have to go. Yeah. Uh, but I, I can't think of another, even current day. It's almost like, cause even like Brady and Roethlisberger, I thought was good. Brady Mahomes was starting to be good. Um, and there was never anybody like that really kind of can match that. At least, at least even just, you know, off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone who can, who can equal it. And, but then you have to bring in the status of those two, you know, two of the best to ever do it constantly going against each other. And then Manning never being able to figure it out, having a chance to figure it out. Uh, and then it would always lose. And then they're down in that one AFC championship game in, in Indianapolis. They come back and win. That was amazing. So I'm going to say, I'm going to go then with number one. Nice. Uh, Fourier, there, believe it or not, could be a chance for a lot of tight end action today. I don't know if you saw this or not. Mac Jones has been one of the most effective quarterbacks against cover three this season. Uh, 8.6 yards per attempt, fifth in the NFL, and the Colts lead the NFL in cover three rate this season at over 51%. So does that match up for the tight ends to eat the head of uh, tight end university Christian Fourier. Oh, uh, you know, you know, you know what tight end, you know, so if I, if I think cover three, Gresh, what am I looking for as a tight end? You're looking for a uh, seam routes right down the middle. Play I'm action. I'm looking for that boom. seam route, baby. I'm looking for that seam route. I'm going to hit right at the edge of the numbers. I'm going to get, if it, depending on where the ball is, uh, I hopefully it's going to, you're probably going to be, see some all goes. If you do the whole like balance front and they're in they're in a cover th- uh, cover three middle of the field safety, your red your first red zone play is going to be all go. See which way that safety kind of favors, and you got two tight ends up the seams, and you got two going up the edges. They can't be right. That's the beauty of it. They cannot be right. The safety will ultimately just give it away. And uh, wow, that'd be a good prop bet. We should go tight end seam <laughs> touchdown for. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we're uh, all over the bets. I was on James Madison yesterday, big time. That was that was massive. <laughs> all right, brother. Thanks a bunch, Foyer. Uh, thanks, Foyer. Uh, we'll talk to you Monday. See you, bud. There goes uh, two-time Super Bowl champion and the king of the tight ends, Christian Foyer. <laughs> By the way, Romeo Cornell called Wiggy slippery this week in our 03 look back. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he meant that in a football sense. Uh, yes, he okay. uh, he kind of did. <laughs> yeah, at the end, yeah, do you have it, Stiz? I, oh, I saw Stiz run over there. I thought he had it because everybody's making fun of Wiggy on that. But, uh, no, the uh, last question was uh, I asked Romeo about getting ready for Carolina and how Jermaine Wiggins changed things. And he kind of giggled, called Wiggy slippery, and then gave an unbelievable answer, which I was not expecting. I was just looking for some dirt on wigs, that's all. Just to uh, see a defensive coordinator kind of uh, poke at him and make some fun. All right, we're out of here at the bottom of the hour. We'll uh, get you some thoughts on not only the Patriots, a couple of bets on the way out the door as well, a couple of picks and a prop, and uh, the other game or two that is interesting today in the NFL. But right now, here is Trending. Now, more of the guys. This is WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. Let's take a look at some of the betting markets here as we're uh, on the way out the door. The very latest 
on the Patriots and the Colts game, Arcan. Patriots are now uh, plus one and a half. It's really been fluctuating between one and two all yeah. week. Not massive amounts of movement, although the under has come down uh, from uh, at one point. I know the beginning of the week it was at 44, then it got to 43 and a half. Now it has been uh, bet down to 42 and a half in terms of uh, the total in this one. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's surprising. I, I'm surprised it was that high to begin with and that it got bet down so much. But when things get bet down like that, I feel like all year long, the high overs have been hitting and the low unders have been hitting too. Yeah, unders. And this one's not quite that. You know, you always sort of feel like, well, a big high over like that, you know, you go under there, really low under, you go over, but that's not been the case this year. Well, I don't know about the international games, but I know that the night games have been trending under really for the last seven weeks. Mm. I want to say the prime time games are around mid sixties in terms of coming in on the under like Thursday night ended up being an underplay. Yeah. And that was a low one. That was like 38. It wasn't Iowa Rutgers <laughs> where yesterday Iowa and Rutgers closed at 27 on the over under. I do believe it was the lowest total in 30 years. Damn. Yeah. Pretty nuts. <laughs> uh, some of the other uh, some of the other bigger games in the NFL. Uh, Cincinnati will be hosting Houston. And I only mention this because Houston is at four and four. They're at least plucky. Stroud's playing well. Cincinnati is a six point favorite at home. And it uh, really the biggest thing for Cincinnati was Joe Burrow got hurt in preseason, and it looks like he has either figured out how to play with whatever's bothering him or he's pretty healthy. Yeah, looks that way. And they've also won four straight. I mean, they've really uh, played well lately. No T. Higgins today, and Sam Hubbard's out, too, for uh, for the Bengals. So those are two guys that, I don't know, I mean, I don't think the Texans' defense is any great shakes either, but they've surprised right. a lot of teams this year. They've also had some surprising law. They're the only team that's lost to Carolina this year, Houston. So, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to really say, but I'm leaning I'm leaning Bengals even with those guys out just because they're really hot right All now. All right, we've only got a minute. Uh, do you have a prop that stands out this, uh, this week or any play that stands out this week? Yeah, my prop is, uh, and I just like it because of the juice, but Gardner Minshew over uh, one and a half touchdowns is like plus 140, I think, was the last I saw there. So that was where the sprinkle for me. I think the Patriots are going to get blown out today. So uh, that that's my play for all of that. And uh, the other two plays that I had were, um, I forget what they were, but I had, I had a couple other ones too. Detroit minus three, Seattle minus six and a half, I like to. Giants at 17 and a half. That is a lot of points in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I know they've been getting, plus getting 17 and the hook. So now you can go lose what, you know, 40, 48 to 33 or something yeah. like that or whatever. And you could still end up uh, surviving still make some money. <laughs> exactly. Uh, good job, Stiz and crew. Well done. That is uh, it for us on an early Sunday morning. Enjoy your, uh, I don't know, steak, maybe eggs. Maybe a little bacon, some sausage. I don't oh, know. Too soon for the steak and eggs. Yeah, okay, it is. <laughs> All right, football kicks off in a few. Six rings post game after the game here on WEI.